This is the Easy Living Yards Podcast. I'm your young at heart host, Ben Hale. Let's jump in and learn how to have a healthy, beautiful yard with less work so you can enjoy more time doing what you love. What's up and welcome to episode 27 of the Easy Living Yards podcast. Today we are talking about backyard ideas for kids and outdoor activities for kids. Let's face it, when it comes to having our family in our landscape and in our home and having a happy space, the backyard and just the yard in general is so important for children to be able to get outside, to get off some energy out of their system and to, uh, I guess, blow off some steam sometimes and just to have some fun, imaginative play sometimes is very important uh, for development and for also parental uh, breaks uh, is also very important too. And and so this topic is, is something that I really enjoy talking about. Uh, I aspire to improve our landscape for our kids so they can have a more imaginative space and to have a more uh, exciting and developmental experience that helps educate them, helps develop their senses and their creativity. And and so that's what I hope we can talk about today is just how do we make our outdoor spaces uh, conducive to uh, a good childhood and a space that our kids can enjoy and develop better and, and also uh, at the same time be safe and and have fun and, and be engaged enough to where we can at some point kind of let them be themselves outside and we can have a break as well as parents to be able to work on the house or to to do the dishes or whatever without having to be attending to our kids so much or having to set them in front of the TV. So this is a really important topic and a very fun topic at the same time. So today I hope we can talk about a lot of ideas that can help you think about What's the best thing for your landscape to do to make it fun for your kids? Okay, now before we get into all of that, I want to make an announcement that I am very excited about. And that is that I have a short domain name. Instead of having to type in easylivingyards.com every time you go uh, to visit uh, Easy Living Yards website, you can also go type in ely.how. That's E-L-Y dot H-O-W, and that will take you to the Easy Living Yards website as well. So instead of typing in the full domain name, uh, easylivingyards.com, which still works uh, and works just fine, you can now also visit. So if you're on your mobile, uh, of course, I prefer that you stop driving first, right, if you're driving. But if you ever want to visit Easy Living Yards or anything on the Easy Living Yards website, such as the podcast page or the blog or anything for that matter, you can just type in ely.how and that will take you to the Easy Living Yards website. So for any episode as well, you can just type in ely.how slash episode and then the number. So for this episode, episode 27, all you have to do is type in ely.how slash episode 
And that'll take you right to this episode page where you can visit all the show notes, get all the links that we talk about today. And guys, I am dropping tons of links in the show notes today because I'm super jazzed about this topic. I'm super inspired uh, to, to make our landscape better for our kids. And I hope you guys are inspired to do the same. So I have tons of, of blogs that I found where we're Tons of bloggers are just writing about all sorts of cool stuff you can do with your backyard to make it better for your kids. And so I want to share all that, all those great resources I found with you. And so certainly today, after we talk about some of this cool stuff, make sure you go on over to the show notes at ely.how slash episode 27. And there you'll see all the links we talk about today for all the different topics. So I have tons of links where you can be inspired and see all sorts of different great ideas that people are putting out there on the uh, virtual internet space for all of us to enjoy. Okay. So with that, let's get back on topic a little bit and talk about what makes the backyard fun for kids. So with today's episode, I'm not going to be talking about a bunch of, you know, technical stuff or specific plants or specific design ways to do things or how to start a garden bed or anything like that. You know, we've gotten pretty technical or pretty in-depth with some stuff or pretty uh, how-to oriented. And today, instead, it's an idea episode. So we're talking about a bunch of different ways, a bunch of different ideas um, of things we can do with our backyards or even your front yard or your side yard. And, you know, we're not limited to the backyard here. That's just typically the space that becomes the kid's space. Um, but today is intended just to spark some creativity in all of our brains to help us thinking about some cool ways to have a unique and an awesome experience for our kids in our backyards. And at the same time, I want us to also try and step in the shoes of our children. So let's try and start looking at our space from the eyes of our kids and and from the feet of our kids, right? Feel and run through our space with with our kids' feet. I guess is a better uh, better analogy. Um, but when we start thinking about and perceiving our space from the eyes of our children, the space becomes entirely different because it's not a practical space. It's not somewhere where we have to cut the grass. It's not somewhere we have to pull weeds. Instead, it's a it's the setting for all of our adventures outside. And it's the setting for imaginative play. And it's the space where we can go out and escape or be free. And so this is what a kid aspires to do in a natural setting, is to be free, to to be able to play, to be able to imagine. And, and so we want to create the best space for them to be able to do that in a way that's safe for them, in a way that's fun and exciting, in a way that makes them want to go outside, right? And, and in a way that we feel comfortable with having our kids there. So that's what we're trying to achieve today. So when it comes to creating a great space for our kids, the first thing I think about is creating rooms, outdoor rooms. And this isn't like a physical like walls and ceilings or anything. This is really about creating unique spaces or individualized spaces. So making sure we can create a space where the kid feels like this is my space or this is our space, right? So the kids feel like that is a space designated for them and they can make it their own and create it their own way as well. And so in the process of creating outdoor rooms 
essentially what you're doing is you're creating an ambiance or an escape place or a place that sparks the imagination. And so when I'm talking about an outdoor room, I talked about this previously in the uh, backyards episode, uh, a few episodes back. And, and basically what we're doing here is we're kind of just framing a space, uh, usually with plantings or with hardscape, but it creates some sort of mental barrier but not necessarily a physical barrier, but there's like a kind of a mental or a psychological shift when you go into this new space where you know you're in a different space. So a lot of times the the play gym is kind of in the back corner of the yard and, you know, it's just this giant wooden thing that you get from Home Depot or wherever and, you know, you put it together and it maybe has like a little awning on top that's colorful and a couple swings and maybe a slide, right? And it's just kind of plopped right in the middle of the backyard or, you know, in the back corner of the backyard. And instead what we can do is we can create a space that the kids can go to and they feel like this is a space for me. And that's kind of what I'm talking about. And of course I'm being very abstract here because each space, each way you create a space is different. It could be framed by a few trees or shrubs, um, or it could just be, you know, a, a general transition of the topography even that, that creates this different space. And how that space is created is different based on the different purposes uh, of your kids or your child's play space. Okay, so I, again, I'm leaving this very abstract and deliberately so because this is something that you define for you and your family and how it works best in your landscape. So I got kind of, <laughs> for lack of a better term, I got kind of spacey there, right? Now let's kind of drill down and start talking about some more practical stuff or some more tangible things about our kids, okay? So when it comes to backyard fun, and creating a space your kids want, we really have to focus on understanding what do kids want out of an outdoor space, right? What makes a kid want to go outside as opposed to sit in front of the TV or in, instead of playing video games, right? Or instead of uh, doing whatever else they do inside, instead of complaining and nagging at you, right? Uh, we want our kids to be excited to be outside. And so let's think about the ways or the elements that make a kid want to go outside into a new space or into their space and what makes them want to stay out there and continue playing and have an immersion uh, into their own world and to develop and to experience and to have adventure. Okay, so first, the first thing that comes to mind for me is to have a space that children can call their own. And this goes back to what I just talked about with creating rooms. It's creating a specific area or a specific space that is is deliberately set aside for your children. So aside from just a physical space, of course, what's there can can really dictate that as well. So if we kind of talked about your typical play set or your play gym, right? That's a that's the first step. Or it could be an outdoor playhouse. Um but whatever it is, this is something that makes a fun space for imagination and for play. Uh, it could be something that allows your kids the flexibility and the um, availability to get dirty. And I know most of us parents kind of cringe at that and we're like, oh, we got to throw them in the shower or in the tub or they're going to track mud all through the house or whatever. Well, that could be the case, actually. But again, thinking from the perspective of your child or your children is what really sparks their imagination 
and what really triggers them to have fun. And if, if it's a trade-off of allowing them to get somewhat dirty or to make a bit of a mess, um, what's a healthy way for them to be able to do that? And what's a healthy space for them to be able to do that as well in a way that they enjoy and in a way that doesn't conflict with our, um, our, our home, I guess. You know, it doesn't destroy our house, doesn't um, create a giant mess where they're going to just, you know, ruin all their clothes or anything. But, but something that they can actually, you know, get a little destructive or get a little creative and get dirty in the same time, uh, it can be very, very beneficial for your child. And also something, this space that we're creating could also be something that uh, allows your child to be able to be independent or to be on their own or to at least have the feeling that they're on their own. You know, you might be able to supervise them the whole time from a, you know, a slight distance, but it's something where they're safe enough and they're uh, able to play independently enough that they feel like they're on their own. And that's really important. Okay, this is also a space where your kids can get creative. And so for that, we want to incorporate multiple elements for interaction. And these are, I can't think of a better word here that's not too nerdy, but tactile elements. So things they can touch and they, sensory elements, I guess, maybe is another less nerdy term, but something they can feel, touch, see, smell, hear, all those things that trigger the senses and also trigger the creativity or the mind at the same time are very important. So these are things that allow moving parts. Uh, they can be things that can be always changing or that they can change themselves. Things that allow them to build stuff. Uh, things for climbing and things for swinging, right? So your typical playset, you think about some of these elements are already incorporated. Well, how can we even incorporate that more into a space? Um, things that allow for hiding spaces, um, the use of water, uh, either visually or, or physically, um, the use of sand or mud. Again, this is more of a physical thing to be allowed to allow children to have something to touch, to mold, to feel, and to create and shape is very important. And also uh, more imaginative elements. So these could be more deliberate things. Like like think of uh, you may have seen you know some pictures of like a pirate ship playground or a fort, a castle, um, an animal shaped. Uh, uh, structure or a cave. So all of these things allow, uh, incorporate a lot of these elements and also give the creation of a space that's for your children. And I talked also about like an outdoor room um, or house, uh, a playhouse, and, and that's also another way to do this. Okay, so, so that's kind of like some of the, again, a little bit of, um, you know, more abstract stuff about the concept of what we want to create here. And now I want to drill down even further into talking about specific things that you can have in your space that can create some of this stuff or enable some of this stuff to happen for your kids. So to make them feel more uh, creative, to allow for some imagination to happen, allow for open play, um, allow for the ability to get some energy out um, and to allow for also you to feel safe about them and their space. So, okay. So I'm just going to kind of run through a, a bunch of these ideas that kind of popped in my head. And these certainly aren't limiting, but I hope they, again, they spark some creativity for you and what feels right with your children or your child and, and the space you're creating for them and what would uh, add the most appeal over the longest time frame as well.
right? So we want to think about, okay, how does our space last, you know, maybe five years from now, maybe 10 years from now, um, when our kids are growing, how does this space either evolve along with them or how does it last to the point where it's still interesting for them as well? Okay, so here's just a few backyard playground ideas that can inspire you to go out and think about what you want to do with your space. So first, an outdoor kitchen. So our kids love having a space inside right now where they can kind of like concoct their little creations and pretend that they're cooking and and making all sorts of different wildly odd meals. And so an outdoor kitchen incorporates all those natural elements outside as well that they can use as their so-called ingredients to concoct wonderful creations as well. And it really sparks the imagination. Um, what about a treehouse? This is a very conventional, or not necessarily conventional, but very um, common, I guess, thought about outdoor play spaces. And, and what kid doesn't love the idea of having uh, a fort elevated up into a tree? So if that's something that's safe enough for your family uh, and, and you have the resources such as a tree to be able to build something like this, this is something, it's quite a project, but it might create such a wonderful space for your child, it may be worth it. Likewise, if you don't have the um, availability of verticality or you just don't feel comfortable with that, you could also consider something like a fort or a teepee. Um, that you can build outside. It could be even if it's something like a teepee or a tent, it could be a semi-permanent structure that you can remove or change or adjust or or move around the yard as well um, to create that space for them. Likewise, something like an outdoor store where they have supplies that they can play with and store away and pretend that they're selling stuff. My boys actually love uh, imagining that the underneath our very conventional play gym out back right now, that it's a store with a little countertop. Um, and they always ask, you know, what, what can I buy for you? And then they go and turn around and make some noises and grab it off the shelf and that sort of thing. And they love doing checkout. And so something as simple as just even like an enclosed space under a platform right now serves as their outdoor store. So what if we actually had something where we had like even just a simple countertop that they could use as their store checkout area and a few shelves? Something as simple as that could drastically change their experience and increase their ability to have imaginative fun outside. Next, something like a sandbox, a gravel pile, or even a dirt pile can go a long way to allowing just fun play for your kids and of course, if you're willing to allow a certain level of dirtiness, adding something where they can incorporate water with these elements is a lot of fun for children. And yes, it does create a bit of a mess, but it also creates a space for them to have a lot of fun and and, and occupy themselves for a pretty extended period of time while, while engaging their mind and their senses as well. So it's very helpful developmentally. It's also very helpful parentally as you're able to do other things while they're having safe happy fun. And so right now we actually, we don't have a sandbox in our landscape, but we do have a gravel pile and dirt pile. And the boys love both of those things. They're, they're more byproducts of some of the construction that's gone on around our house as we've slowly been able to modify and update our landscape, uh, as opposed to deliberate things for the kids, but they've turned out to be very wonderful things uh, for them to be able to play and to escape into a different world and to create their own world uh, through these simple spaces. 
Likewise, having some safe building supplies for them to be able to use to construct whatever they want, whatever creations they want, can actually be very helpful. So this can be something as simple as little blocks of wood to things that might be more complex or things that you might be able to like uh, acquire uh, several you know foam bricks and things like that that they can just build and 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 be able to do something with and to use their creativity to create their own spaces uh something like a hammock is very simple uh, but also very fun for children. So they can swing in it, they can lay in it and relax. Um, my boys love it when I have a, a camping hammock and when I string it up, they love to play in it. They'll go lay in it for a few seconds and they'll go run, do something else. Then they'll come right back and lay in it for a little bit longer. Uh, they love to wrap themselves up like it's a cocoon. Um, so they do all sorts of things. Like, again, these things that appear so simple and kind of boring to an adult, allows so much creativity for a child as long as we have it available to them. Uh, also something like a slack line or tightrope. If you're not familiar with what a slack line is, uh, you can go look it up. And uh, basically it's it's something where the, you know, it helps with their balance and their development of, of coordination as well. And so again, this is something you would want to rig up in a safe manner. But uh, but having something like a slack line or a tightrope that kids can walk across or try and balance on and that sort of thing can be very fun and engaging as well. What about an edibles garden? So a garden that they can go into and pick produce as they as they want to, knowing that it's safe for them and that's available to them. So it's more of a, as opposed to a food production garden, this is more of a child garden where uh, they can go in, they can see their plants growing, they can, uh, once they learn how to do it, they can pick weeds, um, that sort of thing, they can water it and take care of their own plants and see the, the outcome of it. So right now we have the, the makings of a, a, a garden. It's not very productive right now, <laughs> but um, our boys love going into the garden because I've, I've let them help plant the garden and I've let them help uh, select what goes into our garden and they love going in there right now our our cherry tomato plants are just starting to ripen and they love going in there to each day to see if any new cherry tomatoes are ripe and they don't even make it inside the house they go right into their mouths <laughs> and they love picking the cherry tomatoes and right now this year it's the first time we've planted anything like a watermelon plant and they have some baby watermelons on them and they're so excited to see those baby watermelons and um and so just incorporating some edible garden elements into a landscape can be very fun and exciting for a kid. Now, the important thing here, too, is just to know that they have to know what they can and cannot put in their mouths. So I just mentioned tomatoes. The leaves of tomatoes and potato plants are actually toxic. And so we have to coach, even our two-year-old understands, you only pick the red tomatoes, and if it's the red tomatoes, you're allowed to put them in your mouth. Um, everything else you don't put in your mouth. And so um, even at a young age, they're learning what's safe and what's not safe, and in a way that we feel comfortable allowing them to wander into the garden themselves to pick things. Okay, um, what about something like uh, a construction area, right? So something that has shovels and trucks and all sorts of things that can allow for digging and building and imaginative play. And this is not just for boys, too. So allowing uh, children of of all gender to uh, be able to have stuff that they can they can actually 
work in a space and, and build something and imagine something and build roads or houses or hills or whatever. Um, and, and so a construction area could be very fun. Likewise, what about a mini town? Like, so something with roads and tunnels and, and this could be either uh, semi-permanent or permanent or a temporary thing. So when I was growing up, we had a sandbox, a pretty sizable sandbox. And that was our, our mini town because we were always digging in it, creating roads, um, and making tunnels in the sand and that sort of thing. And so it could be something temporary or it could be something more permanent uh, where it, it has actually, you make roads and you plant grass in between and, and have little structures for houses and buildings and that sort of thing. So uh, again, something that can bring the child into the space and be very excited to kind of immerse themselves into the space. Okay, now what about, this is more general, but what about varied topography? Okay, so even if it requires you just to rent a bobcat for a weekend or something, or to have somebody come in and design a space for you, um, something with, you know, varied topography, so hills and valleys and and whatever, um, and maybe tunnels going through it, but kids love having the ability to climb and to kind of roll down spaces and just to have something beyond just the typical flat yard. Uh, and so think about how maybe topography could be integrated into your space. Uh, what about a mini splash pad? So instead of your typical patio, what if you create a splash pad for your kids where they can have fun, you can turn on the water, allow them to to play in the water. Um, so it's a more permanent sprinkler system that's a lot more fun. So if you think about like a public splash pad, what could you create maybe as a private space for you and your family to be fun and exciting and to, to cool off on those hot summer days? And something that maybe is just also very visually interesting for your landscape uh, beyond just for your kids. And there are a lot of private um, private resources to create these splash pads as well. So these aren't just a commercial thing, but you can also create them for your yard. And if you want to do that, you can have somebody do that professionally for you as well. What about a just a, a giant toy storage area? So for all the outdoor toys to make them easily accessible for your kids. So they can kind of, you know, browse around, pick out what they want, when they want it, and then bring it back and they know where it goes when you're, they're finished with it. So they know to bring it back and to put it away. And, and, um, and this allows them access to a space to, again, very independently play to access what they want when they want it and to um, be able to play independently from your supervision. Okay, what about kid-friendly tools? And so this could be uh, anything from uh, hardware-type tools to outdoor um, landscaping tools. So my kids, they have access to most of our shed tools, and they're allowed to play with a lot of them. Of course, they're, they're not, the, not out there chopping wood with axes or anything because our oldest right now is five years old. But they have access to shovels. They have access to rakes and all sorts of different little various tools that create, you know, a feeling of, of, um, being able to construct something on their own or to be able to dig and, and to just interact with the space. And so the dirt pile I mentioned earlier is the victim of a lot of their excavation with, uh, our eldest is able to go there with a mattock actually. So it has a little, it's kind of like a pickaxe, I guess, in a way. And, and as long as he's careful that nobody else is around, he's able to chop and to dig. And it gives him a, an ability to be very physical with that space in a way that's safe and healthy for him. 
And um, likewise, our kids love to dig and to kind of build little piles of dirt with their shovels and to break apart the hard dirt with the mattock. Uh, and so they really love the space. And then, to, of course, rake piles of stuff up together with a rake or a hoe. And so having access to those outdoor tools is, is very engaging for them. And likewise, also just hardware tools that are safe for them. So you actually have a little tiny hammer. Uh, even our two-year-old is able to, we have a block of wood that's in our shed kind of fastened to the floor and just has some little nails sticking out of it that are started for him to be able to nail in himself. And it's in a space where it's out of the way from traffic and it's not a trip hazard. And it allows for a lot of fun play for the kids to be able to to try one activity and then run to another activity and, and do that for a little bit and come back. And so it, it gives them the ability to just get out a lot of that energy in a way that's very helpful and, and develops very good motor skills and, and allows them to imagine at the same time. Okay, so the last piece I have here is what about something like scavenger items? So right now, our, this is probably something I will incorporate into our landscape that I haven't done so yet. And this is something just very simple so right now inside the house, our eldest son, uh, he recently got this new pair of shoes. And on the shoe box, it had this interactive little game. And it had a bunch of these little items you cut out. And, and it was teaching about uh, Native American Indian folklore and, and how uh, Native American Indians used to live and that sort of thing. And so you could cut out the top of the lid and it turned into a headdress. And there's a little arrow we cut out and that sort of thing. So he really loved the activity. And there were these different items that he was able to cut out uh, with our help. And and what we decided to do is kind of hide them in various locations around the house. And he loves going to find them, to figure out where they are. And it occupies them so much uh, where it's very helpful for us. But he's also very engaged and very happy in the process. And so incorporating that outdoors where you have a few items, maybe it's some painted rocks, maybe it's some garden gnomes or some fairies that you can can hide and, and kind of move around outside and even let them do the same. So kind of like the elf on the shelf, right? If you've ever heard of that for Christmas time. Well, something similar where you can hide these various objects around your yard and allow them to find them throughout time and to be able to hide them themselves once they find them or you just kind of variously uh, move them from time to time as well. could be very fun for them. So it's a very easy thing to do that creates a lot of mystery and excitement for your your yard in general and to really engage your kids and to bring them into the yard to, to interact with it as well. Okay, so now I have a few ideas of different garden themes. So if you want to actually want to create like a planted garden uh, for your children, uh, what are some of those themes that you could incorporate to make it more exciting for your children? So instead of just maybe being a, like a, a general, uh, you know, pretty planting bed, how do you make it something that kids enjoy? So I have a few ideas here. One I already mentioned, and that's an edibles garden. So creating a garden that's safe and healthy for your kids where they can see food actually growing and how it how it turns from just a plant into a food can be very exciting for kids and it can also make them want to eat their vegetables a lot more. So our kids love getting stuff out of the garden and uh, that can be something very exciting if they have their own very uh, little garden that's just for them. Uh, what about a painted rock garden? 
So something that they can help create. And this could be um, rocks that are collected in various locations and you can, you can paint them to, you know, put little critters or creatures on them, or they can just be painted various colors to be exciting and different for kids and something that they can kind of change and, and interact with and move the rocks around the garden or, or that sort of thing can also be very fun. What about a fairy garden or a gnome or elf garden? So this is basically like a miniature garden. I'll have links. So again, guys, I have tons and tons of links. So a lot of these things I've talked about, I actually have a link where I found some sort of resource. So definitely check out the show notes, especially if any of these ideas interest you. And and so I found some really cool resources actually for creating fairy gardens. And, And just from the pictures, you can tell that kids just absolutely love this. So basically what it is, is you create this like little miniature garden, either in somewhere in your landscape or somewhere in an established garden or just in a pot. And basically it's a miniature garden where it looks like, like just a mini everything. So you use kind of like some moss for grass and you have like a little mini stream maybe or bridges, um, and a little mini house. And so some of them, it's like a space where, where fairies or, or gnomes or elves can come to play at night. And so you don't even have like an elf or anything. And others, they actually have little, you know, figurines that they put in, in their garden. And, and so it creates this idea of mystery and fun, um, and kind of a little bit of fantasy, right? For, for your children into creating a space for this little mini creature that's kind of like a mysterious, fun creature. So anyway, um, Apparently kids love this stuff. It sounds kind of fun. So um, that's a cool idea. And also the next idea is what about just a flower garden for your kids? So um, right now my boys, they love picking flowers for their mom and uh, for various people uh, in our family and friends and that sort of thing. And, And so just having access to safe, again, safe flowers for your kids can be a lot of fun for them. So something they they can feel comfortable going out there and just, you know, picking flowers or smelling the flowers, seeing insects on the flowers uh, can be something very fun and exciting for the kids. Uh, what about something like a, a prehistoric garden or a dinosaur garden? So this could be something where there's maybe you hide like some little fossils in there and stuff um, in something that they can have their dinosaurs to play. And again, this is traditionally thought of more as like a boy activity. But again, this is none of these things like an outdoor kitchen. That's not necessarily just a girl activity. This is something that kids of of all different backgrounds love. Okay. And, and same goes for like a dinosaur garden. So it's something again, that they can imagine that they're in a different time in a different world. And that's what it's about. Not necessarily what gender you are or, or what, you know, um, cultural, um, norms are existing. Okay. So, so with a dinosaur garden, you can actually use plants that, that kind of create this feel. So something like you can use a couple like more ferns and, and, and kind of like broad-leaved, large broad-leaved plants to kind of give it like almost like a uh, a prehistoric feel, okay? Um, and that's kind of a good segue into the next idea I have, which is what about like a tropical garden? Okay, if, if you live in the subtropics, this is pretty easy, right? But um, maybe in the more northern climates, uh, you can select different plants, again, like ferns and um, even like uh, banana 
trees can grow um, just as like an herbaceous plant. So basically they die back to the ground each winter in some of the northern climates, but even up as far as southern Ohio, you can grow banana uh, trees that grows as a plant instead of a tree um, and it can have these giant huge leaves and it gives this very tropical feel. And you can also use a lot of um, plants from around this climate in southern Ohio to give a similar feel. So selecting the right plants to give that feel can also just kind of give that feeling of escape for a child or, or a different world. And, and that can be very exciting. Okay. So now what about a sloped backyard? So here's a few sloped backyard ideas that I have that you can consider for your landscape. So maybe you have like it's just a big hill in part of your yard that feels like you can't really use it or you don't have enough space for your kids. Well, there's stuff you can do here as well. If you are, um, willing to get a little creative. And so you can include uh, a sloped backyard is awesome, of course, for a slide, right? So you don't need to actually have like a play gym with a platform. You can just have a slide uh, right on your back out of your backyard. And so that's something really fun for kids actually to have like a slide kind of embedded in the ground. That they can go down and these can actually be like custom made out of concrete to kind of twist and wind, or they can be slides that you just fix into your landscape that are pre-built already. So something to consider there. What about a water feature? So instead of, you know, a, a typical fountain, what about like a running stream that goes down your yard and then you have a little pump that just pumps the water right back to the top? It can be very exciting for kids to be able to float stuff down the stream or to see it just kind of trickle down and to also be able to hear it, to dip their toes in, that sort of thing. So it's a very sensory experience and a very interactive experience for children as well. So that can be very fun and exciting. Um, of course, steps, integrating steps, but in a fun way that kind of adds to the feeling of adventure or a feeling of uh, mystery if they're kind of winding steps or just, you know, very different steps um, can just be fun for kids to be able to climb up, slide down the slide, climb back up the hill. Um, and similarly, what about some climbing rocks or logs up the hill? So instead of just having steps, what about a space where kids can kind of scramble up some rocks or logs or a net a suspended net, something like that, that allows the kids to be able to interact with that hillside in a very creative way. And last, what about a fort that's kind of built under the hillside or into the hillside? Um, it can be very fun as well. And so just some ideas there that I came up with for sloped backyards, because I know uh, it can be hard to come up with some sloped backyard ideas and to be able to have fun with that space in your yard. All right, guys, I just had to stop and pause for a second to just catch my breath because if you can't tell, like, I'm super excited about this stuff and I hope you are too. And I've got a ton of content here as well. I'm almost done here, uh, but stay with me and uh, let's get into the next piece. I have just a little bit more to cover here, but really awesome stuff. So if you can't tell already, I kind of have this awesome attraction to natural playgrounds. So what is a natural playground? I just want to spend a little bit of time talking about it. And I'm definitely considering, I've done tons of research on this. I'm definitely considering this for our backyard as we look to start redesigning our, our yard, our landscape, both front and back. And I want to create a more conducive space for our kids. And the idea of natural playgrounds is really exciting to me. So what is a natural playground? Well, basically it's a, a playground that has a lot of different elements involved in it. And it's not just your conventional, you know, ladder, platform, slide, swing. While those can be very fun, 
they're not necessarily always that engaging for children. So they might go there, play for a little bit, and then they're kind of done. Well, the idea of a natural playground is to give them more imaginative experiences that are more immersive and also very fun for them at the same time. So some elements included here are like water, natural vegetation, uh, different creatures or critters, um, sand or mud, natural sitting, standing, climbing, and hiding spaces, and also components that can be changed, built, or modified by the children as they play. So some of this stuff to me sounds really, really cool and just really, really interactive. And to be honest, if we build this, I might be out there playing in it too. Um, So some of the ideas here that you can incorporate into a so-called natural playground are things like a water wall. So a vertical structure that has different, you know, tubes and funnels and things that kids can play around with and pour water into it and see how it interacts with the space. Uh, What about an outdoor kitchen, which I already mentioned, something they can just use kind of natural materials like bark and mud and mulch or whatever and kind of concoct their own little, you know, fancy dishes of different things. Um, Some climbing logs. So various just logs and structures that they can climb and uh, jump over, sit on, uh, lay on, hide behind, that sort of thing. Uh, what about a water pump station? So maybe you can have like a little water reservoir and they can pump uh, water out. Like you see it, like our, our local children's museum has something like this, where it's a big interactive space with these pumps where the kids can pump up water and play with it. So you can incorporate something like this into your landscape as well. Um, outdoor musical instruments. So various things where they can hit them or or move them to make noise. Um, these don't have to be incredibly elaborate, but they can be a lot of fun for children just for making noise uh, in various creative ways. Um, what about some secret areas? So areas that they can hide behind, um, to have their own little fort area or something, or their own little like secret space that they can crawl into and to, um, imagine different things. And what about things that can attract critters? So something like birdhouses, bird feeders, uh, critter logs. So logs that allow uh, different uh, creatures to live underneath and that sort of thing. Uh, What about a bat house or a pollinator garden? So bat houses can actually provide a nesting structure for bats or just roosting structure um, overnight and that's, or over, over the daytime and that sort of thing. So it's something really fun. If you have bat houses, first of all, you're the coolest parent in the neighborhood, right? And secondly, your kids can sit out there in the evening and see the bats emerge and start catching all the insects in your yard as, uh, you know, catching all those mosquitoes, right? Those pesky mosquitoes that start to come out at the same time. Um, so that can be a lot of fun and also a huge benefit naturally. And likewise, what about a pollinator garden? So we talked about a flower garden and an edibles garden. Well, what if your flower garden incorporates a lot of, um, uh, pollinator plants that can bring out a lot of pollinators, all sorts of bees and, and, uh, flies and, and different, just all sorts of different bugs that the kids can watch and can kind of see them buzzing around and feeding on the plants and having a great time. Uh, can be a lot of fun and excitement for a kid. And uh, last thing I have here is um, what about things like uh, 
resources to identify different critters. So these could be uh, bird books for, uh, geared for kids or insect books geared for kids or just uh, animal books geared for kids, things that you see around your yard or that you're starting to attract to your yard, things that where your kids can find these and identify them with maybe with your help a little bit, but providing the resources for them to do, to, to do so. Um, likewise, what about... Um, nature journal contests that you could have between your kids where who gets to see the most critters in their yard or different types of critters in their yard um, can really add some engagement to their space and also in a way that provides some friendly competition with your kids to have some fun together and to learn new things. Okay, so that's the bit I have about natural playgrounds. I might talk about it in the future again, um, just because this area is so cool and so exciting. And you, you're starting to see tons. Of, I don't know if in your area maybe this is the case as well. But there's a lot of natural playgrounds that are popping up in municipal areas because it's uh, being understood how um, fun, imaginative, and also uh, developmentally beneficial they are for children. Okay, and with that, I want to talk about safety as well, which is very important. So with whatever you do in your yard, we want to make sure it's a safe place for our kids. And this kind of, you know, in some way it goes without saying, but sometimes we don't realize something might be unsafe for our kids. So I just want to cover this a little bit and make sure we're really thinking about safety as we're developing a space for our kids. And so the first thing, of course, is eliminating or reducing the amount of sharp objects uh, or corners, especially around their play spaces, uh, can go a long way to preventing cuts and abrasions and that sort of thing. Um, likewise, uh, reducing the amount of deep water they have access to. Um, so I mentioned water features quite a bit. Well, we want to make sure it's not deep water that can be a hazard to children. Um, and so this includes pools, of course. So we want to make sure our pools are fenced or if our neighbors have pools that their pools are fenced or in the very least, we provide a fence barrier on our own property in between our property and our neighbor's exposed pool or pond. Um, we also want to reduce the number of slippery surfaces. Um, this isn't just after rain or during rain, but also in the mornings, things can be uh, covered with dew. Or if things get a little dusty, they can become slippery. So making sure we reduce slippery surfaces, except for, of course, slides. We want those to be slippery um, because they're way more fun that way. We actually used to, my uh, family's slide in our backyard, we had this awesome play gym uh, that my family built. And actually, this is a this is a very worthy segue um, or side track. So I'm, I'm going to keep going uh, is we actually got to help build our own play gym. And my dad planned this amazing play gym that we built in our backyard uh, out of a bunch of uh, treated lumber. And it's still standing in my parents' backyard. It's in the right now their grandkids love it. So my kids and my uh, their cousins as well uh, really enjoy this play gym. But um, <laughs> the slide was this big sheet metal slide and we would, Every once in a while, it would start to get a little sticky, so we'd go back there with some some wax paper and ride down the slide on wax paper to to wax up the slide again. And it was quite fun because you'd, like, zip down the slide super fast. Anyway, um, so we want to avoid slippery surfaces in our, our playgrounds uh, for our kids, of course. Um, also, avoiding toxic plants. And a lot of times, these are plants you're not even aware of, so... You might not necessarily be able to eliminate toxic plants from the landscape, but at least making sure your kids understand. And kids can understand this at an early age, too. 
that if it's not a plant that they know is safe, that they don't put it in their mouth. So things like I mentioned, like potatoes and tomatoes, the foliage of those plants is toxic. Likewise, yew bushes, so those those popular square bushes that people have in their front yard, those um, seeds and the, the leaves are highly toxic as well. Likewise, things like milkweed is toxic. So there's tons of plants that are toxic. And so making sure your kids either understand that this plant is unsafe or you understand that or eliminating those plants from your landscape as much as possible, or as an alternative, making sure your kids only know to put in their mouth what they know is safe. Okay, so just being careful about toxic plants in general. Likewise, chemical use. So reducing the use of chemicals is very important to me, especially around our kids. A lot of these chemicals, while they may be... um, marketed as safe, a lot of them are endocrine disruptors or things that can just disrupt or, or be unsafe for you um, your, and especially your kids or your pets. So kids are much more susceptible to chemical exposure effects than adults just with their their size, their growth, and that sort of thing. So making sure you reduce the use of chemicals around the spaces your kids are in is very important. And the last thing I want to point out here, too, especially if you have higher elevated spaces, that you have appropriate railings or barriers to prevent falls. Okay, so safety, important stuff. Make sure you do it. And with that, guys, I just want to say, let's just, as we wrap up this episode, let's consider embracing our inner child and really get creative, right? So the more creative you can get with designing this space or thinking about ideas for your space with your kids, the more fun your kids are going to have. Because what you're doing is you're immersing yourself back into your childhood and, and thinking about what are the things that made me have so much fun or where I had more fun with my yard or what, what did I want What would it make it exciting for me? What were your favorite spaces to go visit when you were a kid? What were your favorite spaces to go play when you were a kid? And those things can go a long way to helping you design a fun space for your kids. Okay, so with that, check out all of the resources I've listed in the show notes today. There's a ton of resources. And likewise, you can go on over to ely.how slash episode 27, episode 27, to find all these show notes as well. Now, if you want any specific ideas or recommendations for your particular yard and your family and and thinking of what specifically would be most fun for your kids and how you can incorporate it into your landscape, this is where I can come in and help you specifically with my consultation. So I offer digital consultation. You can go over to ely.how. That's ely.how slash consulting. And that'll take you to my consultation page where you can get in touch with me and we can make your yard better and have a lot more fun with your kids and your landscape. And guys, I'm doing this because I really care. I want to make sure we save time in our yards. We make it a better space for our family. And that's what this episode is all about is spending more time doing what we love. And let's face it, we want to spend more time with our family and to have a better space for our family as well. So if you guys want some help, check out my consultation options at ely.how slash consulting. And likewise, feel free to also get in touch with people in your area. There's a ton of landscape designers that can help you design your space. And there's a lot more people that are grow- have growing experience in developing natural playgrounds or well-designed playground spaces for your children that can really 
enhance your landscape and also enhance the fun and imaginative play your children are able to have. And right now, you know, it's so common. We want to get our kids away from the TV or away from their their devices and to get outside more. And that's really important that we create a conducive space for them to do so. Otherwise, it's not a fun, it's not a creative experience. And we want to create fun and we want to create a good experience where they can develop themselves physically and mentally and creatively. And that's what today's episode is all about. So with that, guys, make sure you check out the links in the show notes. Also, if you want to ever check out the website, you can just go to ely.how. And with that, thanks for tuning in and make sure you live with passion and make tomorrow better than today.